Et euh, quel tir! On, on le sait très bien, tir des poignets du l'enclave. S'il a du temps, il a de l'espace. Il est capable de battre un gardien de but de cet angle. Et... Hey Pete, uh, you know they say the series doesn't really get started until the road team wins a game, right? A minute ten to go. Toffoli cut it off. And one of the Vegas players went into the Canadiens bench. Suzuki into the empty net. Scores! Nick Suzuki, arms in the air, puts this one to bed. It's 4-1, Montreal. You know, for that clown to say that to people yesterday, it's not right. I get up my own bus, come four hours early. I sat for two hours and watch you guys talk on Twitter on me, you know, to get me motivated. And, uh, um, you know, it was great, you know, just to see all what you guys had to say. And I don't care what people think. It's great motivation for me. Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're gonna write fucking every time. No, so it doesn't matter what you say. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Boom. Sadness. That's the one. See, as much as I like Leonard reading it for two hours. He kind of loses me when he says, I don't care what you yeah. think. Because if you don't care what you think, you get your own. You, you right. hired your own bus. As Jared said yesterday, you painted the bus with your helmet uh, on the side of the bus, and you spent two hours reading it. Translation, you right. care. And then he told us that. Like, he does care. I think He has to care. I think he somehow, like, missed. But he, like, used yeah. the wrong phrase or something. I mean, come he on. he just told us he cares. He just he told just, us he cares. He just spent two minutes telling us he cares. <laughs> Genuinely, I think I say it every time. If you genuinely don't care that people are talking a bunch of like things about you, you're a sociopath. <laughs> that is not normal. Uh, it might be sad today. This might be the last time we grade siren cranks for the season. Oh, they man. lose tomorrow. There's no more siren cranks. So here we go. Grady's grades. Grainy's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Grainy's grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's grades. God damn it, I hate Jack Fanning. First topic to grade. Kelsey Plum's siren crank. I'm actually going to give her an A. What? Yes. A. Because she she actually proved you could spin it both ways. <laughs> she uh, spun she it did, the wrong way. I know, like but, 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 but I don't I don't think anyone understood you could do that. So I give her an an A for, uh, or a. actually a C as well for creativity. C. Uh, because she spun it the wrong way, and then they said, no, 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 you have to go forward. So I actually give her a lot of credit for that. I mean, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Pioneer. pioneer. Yeah, she's a pioneer. All right, I'm going to give out an incomplete. Incomplete. Because she's left-handed. 
And we have seen in the past, they will turn the siren the other way so a left-hander can crank the siren. But for her, they didn't. She cranked it with her right hand, even though she plays basketball left-handed. Well, that's more power for her, then. More power to her, right? Well, yeah, that she could yeah, use both she could hands. Do it. But I'm just saying, like, maybe she spun it backwards because she's left-handed and they should have flipped it around for her. But that's on them. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm giving her. She gets an incomplete. I'm not grading it because they screwed it up. Also, incomplete. I am going to give the Gold Knights an F. F. Because Kelsey Plum did not throw any t-shirts into the crowd. And if you know Kelsey Plum, what oh she God. like the first thing she was most famous for wasn't that she broke the record for scoring, for scoring in, in college Washington. basketball. Yeah. It's that she was at a Spurs game after she got drafted by the San Antonio Stars and they had her throw t-shirts into the crowd and she could outthrow the t-shirt cannon. Really? She chucked this thing. She genuinely has the exact same release pattern as when Aaron Rodgers threw all those like <laughs> all those hail berries. Like yeah, it is, it's got like a like parabolic arc. On I mean, it. it's incredible. That can't happen. You know what those things cost at the armory? You know how much money they'd lose if she started chucking t-shirts. <laughs> they into got the, the guy that takes she, them off and she, throws them into she, the crowd. If she starts, yeah, I think he has Fire to pay for that I, think guy he, I think they make that guy pay for his own. <laughs> Fire that guy, get Kelsey Plum just chucking him across the ice. It'll be much better. All right, next topic, Henry Ruggs' siren crank. See, that was okay. See, I, I don't. I didn't realize they all warm their hands up before this stuff. Plum and um, have I missed this during the siren crank? It's cold. In they there, all isn't seem it? to like warm their hands up. I thought he was fine. I thought he could have held on a little longer. Um, yeah, he was fine. There's been a lot better ones from Raiders, so I'll give him a C. I don't, he's fine. I agree. I, it, Check. It was a perfectly fine siren crank, but nothing special. Like, there was nothing C. over the top that made it like, oh, hell yeah, yeah. Henry Ruggs. It was okay. For a fast guy, not I that was going to say, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't crank it that fast. They should have had him run. <laughs> should have had him run back What if he was forth. running up and down stairs? Then he would have gotten the B. <laughs> All right, next topic. Golden Knights fans booing the power play. Oh, this is an A-plus pass-pass. A-plus um, pass Because pass. when you set history, and you make history by the first time, although I was told last night by a couple writers, I don't remember this. You can tell me if you remember this. I'm like, oh, my God, is that the first time they've ever booed this team? And someone said, no, they've done it before. I don't remember that. I mean, I was like, really? They actually booed this team before? Yeah, when Subban was in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think they're booing Gallant at that point. I don't know if they're booing the team. I mean, have you heard have them boo the power Not, play before? I'll tell you what. They were they booed them off the ice between periods. I have never heard that. Oh, they did between periods. Yes, too. I have never heard that. That's wow. like, okay, this is a first. There's no way they've ever booed these guys off the ice. It's impressive. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean fans fans get an A because when your power a. play is as useless Four as the 31 in the playoffs play. Because again, and and again, like the Mark Stone conversation we had earlier. It's not like they're getting a lot of good looks and it's just not going in for them. They're like not even in the offensive zone half the time during their power play. It's brutal. So like you get an A for, you know, recognizing, hey, yeah, we're going to boo these guys because this is abysmal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give Braden McNabb an A as well. A. Because afterwards when he was asked about it, he said, yeah, we deserved it. Yes. So yeah. Braden McNabb also yeah. gets an A and the power play gets an F. F. Is there anything lower than an F? Do we have another failure? Letter? Oh, failure. Yeah. The worst. Um, the worst. <laughs> the worst. Okay. Here's a fun one. So this is the Montreal Gazette, and they tweeted out a story with this headline. Celine Dion, a trader, poses in Vegas Golden Knights attire. 
Are we just grading the headline? You can grade whatever you want. From I'll it. just grade the headline, A+. Plus. A+. Plus. <laughs> when you call someone a traitor <laughs> in the headline, you, can you get better than that? I mean, I don't really care. I mean, obviously she's Canadian, so they're mad at her for, you know, wearing the Golden Knight jersey. I don't care about any of that. She's Celine Dion can root for whoever she wants to root. But the fact that the Montreal Gazette called her a traitor in the headline is absolutely tremendous. It's, okay. it's outstanding. It's phenomenal because the story is like, the story is about like, hey, the Golden Knights are trolling the Canadians by putting Celine Dion up there. But that's not at all what's happening here. The Golden Knights have been using this Photoshop picture of Celine Dion in a Golden Knights jersey and helmet since the first season. Like this was like they're one of the first like graphics package they did on the big screen at T-Mobile was random celebrities that had some affiliation to Vegas. Celine Dion played here for a long time. Right. Putting them in Golden Knights jerseys. Like uh, I was, thought she was in one at a concert. Uh, I think she might. She yeah, did she wear had one a jersey a on at a well. concert. Yeah, actually, she did wear one as well at a concert. Yeah. But like the photo they're using, it's it's not because they're playing the Canadians. They've been using that Celine Dion photo since year one. Like it was like Selena Gomez was on one. Like Kara Tops. Like there's there's plenty of them. Right. And so it's not specific to the Canadians, but the Canadians, you know, being all pompous and French, were like, oh, they're taking shots at us. Right. So it's great. I love everything about it. It's the headlines, hilarious. The headlines, the headlines great. an A plus. Yeah, A plus. Celine Dion, a traitor. Yes. <laughs> Am I the only one that's like, cool? We'll take her. We took Michael J. Fox. We took Jim Carrey. We'll take Celine Dion too. I don't think. I don't think anybody's turning down Celine Dion. No. Yeah. All right. Good. I told I'm glad you. we're all on, we're all on the same page. I even I know who Celine Dion. I told you I saw Titanic. I saw Titanic. That's one of the it's movies like her I've worst seen. song. Yeah, I know that song. Next topic. Riley Smiths. Miss F that you're going to very rarely, it appears, get Carey Price out of position because he doesn't give up goals to this team. So when he's out of position and you have a great pass in the back door and you whiff on it, uh, that's an F. Do you have to, you have to, you're not getting many shots against this guy, especially those kind. This is what I like complain about the most in hockey is a guy has an open net or part of an open net to shoot at and they don't put it anywhere near it. Riley Smith had about, 30, 40% of an open net, right? If he elevates it to the near side post, Bradley Smith scores a goal. And again, he's standing in the crease, right? It's not like he's at the blue line. He's standing in the crease. And instead, he somehow shoots it back across the crease to the other post and hits Carey Price in the blocker. Yeah, he hit him in the blocker. Didn't elevate it and didn't even shoot it to the near post where there was open space. Like, it's the worst shot ever. And that's like... We talk so much about, like, goalies making great saves. I swear to God, 90% of the time is the guy just sucked at shooting. Because that wasn't a great save by Carey Price. It was, Carey Price was out of position. I don't even think Carey Price knew he made the no, save because his guy cleared it immediately. Yeah, it hit him in the blocker yeah, on the, the other he, side of the crease. Whoever's with him in the crease cleared that thing immediately. It hit the blocker, and the guy just cleared it out, yeah. and that was it. If it wasn't for the blocker, the shot probably goes wide and isn't even on goal. <laughs> probably shouldn't be ruled a save. So Yeah, that wasn't good. An F for Riley Smith. F. Hey, Carey Price, you also get an F. Cause yeah, F. He didn't even know it was there. You left 40% of the net open. You just got bailed out there. All right. Next topic, Cole Caulfield. Oh. Now, first, I want to read this quote. This is after game four, before game five. If you remember, Robin Leonard was asked about uh, Cole Caulfield and stopping him on a breakaway. And Robin Leonard gave a pretty detailed answer about, well, I, you know, pre-scout, he goes five hole or he goes high to the top corner. So I closed the five hole. Cole Caulfield said, I think that's a good thing that Leonard's thinking about what I'm going to do. Adding it gives him more options to devise. It's good that he opened his mouth about it. So Cole Caulfield says that, then he scores a goal on Flurry in Game Five. 
Can we do six A pluses in a row? A you have plus a, a plus a plus a plus a plus a plus. Uh, you have a rookie talking smack like that and then backing up. Now he didn't score against Leonard, but he then scored that last night uh, on the one timer when Stone walked back instead of actually skating back. This is an A plus. This is I love that he I love that he said it. That was hilarious. Um, and then he scores. I mean, then you actually it's one thing to say, then you got back it up. It's not against, it's not his, you know, he doesn't choose who the goalie is on the other side, but he scored. Yeah. So good for him. It's awesome. Right. Last one to grade. Uh, thanks to Willie Ramirez for tweeting this out. This quote from Gerard Gallant. I still go back and look at it and say, why did I get fired? Once I get fired, I try to move on. I'm not going to live in the past. Well, this is tough. It's an A and a C. A, C. It's an A. Because I have no idea why he got fired either. So I don't know why the hell they fired him. And and it's a C because he says, I go back and say, why did I get fired? And his next sentence is, I don't worry about why I got fired. I move on. I don't look at the past. Well, Gerard, two seconds ago, you said you look back to see why you got fired. So that makes no sense. But um, I I mean, I'm giving him an A off the top because, like I said, I have no reason for I have no description of why I got fired either. I think you're wrong. <laughs> um, C is the right grade, but I'm going to do what C. you do. And make it an acronym. <laughs> C for contradicting. C. Yes. He just. He did contradict himself. Right. He says, I, I look at it and say, why did I get fired? Yeah, once I get fired, I move on. And I'm going <laughs> to say he thinks a lot more about why he got fired than moving on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would, too. Oh, we all would. I mean, that, that's human nature to say a Stanley Cup final <laughs> playoffs every year. You fired me midseason. Why would you do that? I mean, that's something you, most people would say. Yes. Oh, God, I can't wait for the Rangers to play in T-Mobile Arena. Oh, we asked last night. I think they will do it because they did it for, uh, what was his name? Um, I liked him. The Miller, the defenseman who... Uh, Colin Miller. Colin Miller. They did it for him, so I know they're doing it. How long will the uh, video, their uh, memory video, be for Gerard? They have to do one. First coach in the history of the franchise and took him to Stanley Cup final. I would hope they do it. I, th- I think it might just be a graphic because really? what's in the video? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Stanley, yeah, he's in behind the bench. I mean, Nate Schmitz is going to last like seven minutes. Like, they wrong. might as well play as Nate Schmitz in the, in the middle of a period, like when they're <laughs> off for a period and like just play Nate Schmitz the entire time. But I was thinking about that last night when he comes with the Rangers. You have to at least acknowledge him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Colin Miller got a video. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, I made a like goodbye montage for him that was like three and a half minutes long, and it was just his interactions with the media. I think that would go over fine. Just use that; it'll be great. Shang Peng, yeah, it's all all right. Shang, Jesse, uh, who, who, Chapman. I think you got Dave Shane too, right? Yeah, you got Dave yeah. Shane. You got well, Dave I got Shane. Dave Shane, but only because Dave Shane asked a question, and I don't think Galan Galan. Understood what Dave Shane was asking him because he was like, he got Chapman. I remember that. Well, yeah, I don't really agree that, with that. Yeah, we were minus three, minus three, minus three. We didn't play very well. All right, coming and, up next, Sam and Ash join the show. You know, for that clown to say that in the paper yesterday, it's not right. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and let us know who deserves a higher grade. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. You heard the man. At Sam and Ash Law on Twitter, 
best personal injury attorneys in town. Get to them now, 702-820-1234. I was driving home uh, from the Knights game last night after covering it. You know, you're coming off the 15 to the 95, and you've got that nice billboard up. It was interesting because I, I see you changed, like, the uh, message, we care, we help, Ash wins. And my <laughs> guess is Ash won because Sam had to defend Ash for, from punching the Montreal Canadiens fan. And you guys are so good. Ash, uh, Sam had won that case in, like, two minutes where you could also you could change that billboard by the time I got to it. No, I would have lost that case because the, <laughs> she the punched guy, him. <laughs> the guy deserved it, or would have deserved oh, it. Would that have been your defense? I do. I have no chance of winning this. Ash is guilty. <laughs> you know, any 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 VGK fan that was there in that stadium last night, guarantee you would have let Ashley off. <laughs> For that, sure. No pool. one would have voted to convict. Yeah, the jury pool would have been easy to pick. Are you loading this the guy, jury? This guy was so annoying. And he, he narrated the whole game. That That's the other, you know, he, he, he just, I don't know. It was, uh, and, and he was just, and he was loud and obnoxious and taunting and, can you see? The, a, can you see the jury selection? Who do you want to strike? Nobody, because they're all going to vote for us. Canadians. <laughs> Canadians. <laughs> Canadians. Anyone Canadian here? Get the hell. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was. If there was a a fourth period, if there was overtime, it would have. It there was a risk that I would have been escorted out of that stadium. Oh. Well, fortunately for you, the Golden Knights didn't have any interest in playing well enough to there get you the go. overtime. Oh. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that go. was. It was brutal. You know it's bad when, when you're getting booed. Yes, we talked around. about that. Yeah. First time we heard that. And it was and it was it was real. It was coming yeah. even from where I was sitting. Uh uh <laughs> I didn't I, I refuse to I will not I will not boo my team. I just won't do it. Um and neither will Ashley, who claims that she did, but she did not. It's just all talk. <laughs> um but you know what? Like the the it was a game that we should have won. We could have won that game. I I just I'm I it was it was bad play and it was, and so there are a lot of fans that were very unhappy, me included. All right, so we have had a Supreme Court ruling in college athletics where a nine zero ruling that the NCAA cannot tell universities that they can't you know give compensation to athletes for things like computers or books or tutors or like academic related expenses here. And I, I'm curious, just like we've heard a lot about name, image, and likeness in, in college sports, and we've heard a lot about just straight up the universities being able to pay the players, but this is a completely separate thing. Like, why was this in the Supreme Court? Well, the issue here is that athletes were being treated differently from potentially other students simply because they're athletes. And what the issue wanted to do is these athletes, you know, the universities wanted to provide athletes with laptops, study abroad programs, things to help them with their academics. But because they were athletes, they couldn't because it was being deemed compensation. And so the fear the NCAA had was that all these universities would start throwing these luxuries at student athletes to try and sway them to come to their school. And, and it then amounts to pay to play. And that it's not a name, image, and likeness because it's not about these students making money off of themselves and their image as opposed to the school doing it. 
It's whether the school can provide them a certain benefit that has a monetary value. And the reason this came about is because this narrow issue is what was challenged through the courts and made it to the Supreme Court. I think it gives us a glimpse of what is coming down the road if there are other challenges right to the NCAA and what they do. But I, I think, you know, look at I look at Ashley, you know, the little known fact Oh, when she went, uh, was she, she was in law school, you know, she was a top 10% student, I was a <clears throat> bottom 10% student. And, um, and as a, as a, yeah, look, hey, you know, yeah. It actually does say something different on the degree, Jared. <laughs> does it? Yeah, mine has a. Tell us what yours says. Oh, mine says. Now, says Ashley Watkins. Mine says Sam or Cloudy. Oh, say that. Ash had the di Ash had nope. a, uh, yep. different colored sash at graduation. Yeah. She was with the no, oh, she did. did. The she, I people. didn't even go. I went. <laughs> I, I I actually skipped graduation. I went to Hawaii. Anyway, um, but let me tell. No, but let me tell you. So when when she got recruited by our school, Chapman, I did not get recruited. She got recruited. They paid her. They not only gave her a full scholarship, they actually paid her to go to school. They gave her a stipend. And, and in theory, right, you, you know, before this ruling, right, you couldn't do that for a star athlete and a sports team, but you can do it at a law school, uh, you know, for a, for, a, for a law student. And so this really just, th th that is the crux of the issue, you know, that, and, and so Ashley's absolutely right in what she said. Am I, like Tyler asked, am I, am I being naive here to say, don't they have better things to rule on? I mean, I get name and image likeness. I get that the, in terms of the federal level, but I saw this. I'm like, this thing got to the Supreme Court? Yeah, but no, it goes to the core of antitrust law, and the Supreme okay. Court has always been very muscular, if I can say that, <laughs> or aggressive in taking those cases and defining the body of antitrust law. And and anti antitrust laws are overall good for consumers, right, because we don't like monopolies. Monopolies affect how we enjoy goods and services and our accessibility to goods and services and in in the history of this country we've you know this the court and uh has 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 trimmed uh the ability of organizations to to dominate and so it'll be it'll be interesting there are a lot of monopolies in theory in sports right i mean nfl i think for mm -hmm. one so it'll be interesting how it expands to other stuff. But. And the one primary reason this gets up to the Supreme Court is they're in the unique position to actually rule on it as opposed to the individual state courts having to fight it out and it creating this random body of law throughout the country. So that's why you'll sometimes see cases get picked up by the Supreme Court of the United States because they want to make kind of the law of the land so that all the individual district courts aren't having to figure it out on their own and then on their own and then creating this disjointed body of law. Yeah, that's and it gets confusing for like, well, this college sits in this district so they can do that and that college sits in that district and that district said this. And so the courts come in and they just kind of throw it down and say, here, in this unique situation, this is how it plays out. Listen to the top 10% student. <laughs> She knows. Uh, in college basketball, uh, Creighton, a former Creighton assistant coach, was given a two-year show cause by the NCAA. Now, this is an NCAA ruling. This isn't in a court, but he essentially was one of the guys in the FBI investigation. He took $6,000 from this management company. Um, and But I was curious, is this a good argument when he argued simply that he returned the $6,000 and he didn't actually use it to give to players? Well, it's, it's a good argument if it's all you have, but I've got a bigger problem. <laughs> I've got a bigger problem with this story is the F it would the meeting took place in a Las Vegas hotel room. I feel like the FBI violated some code of ethics here where what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> right? 
Listen, the FBI. The Supreme Court needs to rule on that. Yeah. Yes. Get yes. the FBI out of Vegas hotel rooms. That's nine not zero. Fair. Nine zero. They should be out. <laughs> the, the FBI did a lot here because the management company it took money from was actually being funded by the FBI. Like they're the ones that gave this guy this management company so they could could then go to these coaches and say, "Look, I got money to give you to give to players." The FBI is such this come on, this is exactly what they do. And it's and actually that's going to be an entrapment argument and then and um you know that the whole thing just was manufactured by them. But they they do this in investigations and and you know hey, I got to watch out. They're everywhere, even in even in Vegas hotel rooms. Uh I have to ask you about this because I thought it was very bizarre, but Kansas City Chiefs defenseman Frank Clark arrested in L.A. Uh, you know, I I don't know about anyone here. Like, something, if I'm st- something sticking out of my bag, it's usually like a towel for the gym. This guy had a submachine gun just sticking out. Like, he had an hey, Uzi. I, I have an Uzi. And he don't. had an Uzi. So I assume when you're pulled I over. I take that to the gym. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume when you're pulled over, you can check whatever you want. Uh, more to the point of gun laws, though, had he got it in Nevada, could he take the California? Like, talk about crossing state lines with Uzis. Good or bad thing? Probably bad. But, like, where do the laws fall of, like, when this guy was okay or when they pull him over? Like, we're going to have to arrest you now because you have an Uzi in the car. If you had a list of guns that are allowed in Nevada, <laughs> and then you had a list of guns that are allowed in California, one list would be a lot bigger, longer, right, than the other. Well, it's basically what's allowed in Las Vegas is immediately not allowed in California. Okay. And so, you, yeah. for example, right, if you have a you, you, you could own a uh, you could own an Uzi here under certain circumstances, even an automatic Uzi. But if you crossed, let's say you went to Prim. You right. went to Prim, and then you went to go buy a California lottery ticket, and you just crossed a little parking lot there <laughs> into the California lotto office. Bam, you're a felon. So don't you know? Just leave your. And Sam's not speaking from personal experience. No, I. Wow. <laughs> no, but you it's, do a lot of crossing you know, of that border, brother. Hey, look, you're it's, back and it's, forth all the time. <laughs> I I am because we have an office now in Newport too, and so yeah, so I. I, I personally am a I'm a Second Amendment guy and I, I like I like my guns and, and I but I keep them here in Nevada because this is a gun friendly state. And you know, Johnny Cash said, right, leave your guns at home. So you go to town. What's a, what's the worst what's the worst argument here? The former Creighton assistant coach saying he returned the six thousand dollars or Frank Clark saying that the Uzi belonged to his bodyguard? Oh I would say the bodyguard argument. Is the that's worst not one? A good one. Yeah, that's that. I wouldn't want that one, because you you're now, that's creating a whole host of issues now where you're you're holding someone else's weapon, and that's not okay. You can't if if it's not yours and registered to you, that's a that's a big no no. And you're implicating somebody else, and then there's gonna be conflicting stories. That's terrible. Snitches get stitches. Fr- or, friendly mm. people on the street hand me weapons all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, not on live radio. We gotta have these conversations. What part of of town are you going to? Yeah, Jared, we've talked about this off air. Neither (laughs) argument is as bad as a tainted burrito. Follow them on Twitter at (laughs) SamAndAshLaw at SamAndAshLaw.com. 702-820-1234. If you're at a game wearing the opposite jersey, look out for Ash. You might get punched. (laughs) We thank you guys very much. Thanks, guys. Take care. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Bye. Sam, uh, Ash last night get a little mad. Get a little mad at the uh, Habs fans. How about the guy somebody. doing play-by-play? Who was that lunatic? I don't know. They're... That would kind of bug you if you're sitting next to the guy and he's doing play-by-play. Oh, fans can be brutal. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Like they're my, So my girlfriend went to a game a couple last time they were fans Knights. before this year. Yeah, Golden Knights game. And some lady apparently sitting next to her 
Oh, you would have loved her. Kept yelling out the players' nicknames every time they did no, something. No, Marchie, Darchie, yeah. Do, Flower. Oh, her favorite was uh, Patcheretti. Patches. And Patches, yeah. So every now and then, like, I'll just yell at my girlfriend, Patches! Oh, no. Just to, like, just to try to give her, like, PTSD oh, from that, that man. lady. Yeah. Patches! I need that lady in the press box next to you. Every time a Golden Knight touches I mean, the puck, you well, there might be one six seats down, but not next to me. <laughs> I, I, I was I was literally going to say I I, I think I there, mean... that member of the media exists. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs patches. <laughs> Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Bischoff's Briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. Today's Bischoff's Briefs is taking a look at what could have been for UNLV basketball. According to a story in The Athletic, John Shire, who is now the head coach in waiting at Duke since Mike Krzyzewski has announced that he will retire at the end of this upcoming season. But John Shire, before being named coach in waiting, interviewed for the UNLV head coaching job after TJ Otzelberger left. He also interviewed for the DePaul head coaching job as well. But UNLV and DePaul both passed on him. Uh, Now, first off, Desiree Francois, if you remember, after hiring Kruger, went on with Cofield and company, said they interviewed 14 to 17 people in like a 48 to 72 hour span. And a lot of UNLV fans kind of scoffed at that because they hired Kevin Kruger rather quickly. And it looked very much like, oh, they just hired Kruger and they didn't really do their due diligence here. A little more credence to the idea that she did interview quite a lot of people if John Shire was one of those people. Also, Shire would have made a lot of sense for UNLV in terms of who Desiree Francois typically hires. He's 33 years old. Uh, He would be in that up-and-coming class that she likes to hire from. He's also never been a head coach before, just like Kevin Kruger, just like Marcus Arroyo. Those are the types of coaches that she tends to hire. But what is interesting, a couple of ways to take this. Number one, Duke hired a guy, or is going to hire a guy, I guess we should say, that UNLV and DePaul passed on. That can't look good for Duke. Obviously, he's going to take over a blue blood program. Obviously, he's going to have a really good chance to just continue to have success at Duke because it's Duke. And what Mike Krzyzewski built there is probably going to last a while before somebody actually destroys it. But if you're Duke... (laughs) Destroys. It's going to be destroyed. But if you're Duke, like that's the best you could do? Is a guy that UNLV and DePaul said no thanks to? I, I don't know because if she really... I mean, let's take her to word that she interviewed 14 of 17 in a 48-hour span or whatever it was. I mean, how long could she have really met with John Shire? I assume it's virtual? Yeah, it was all through. It she had said to be virtual. It had to be virtual. Zoom. I mean, it was like, how often can you meet with people that long and really get a feel for who they are? I, I, I don't, like I said, was it 14 or 17 or was it Kevin Kruger and John Shire? I don't know if we know. You know I mean, I, I have no idea how many it was. But let's say it was 14 to 17 and it happened in a few days. I don't know how much of a deep dive you can do into anybody. You can do it into Kruger because he's on campus and you can you know everything about him. But to if there were really 14 to 17 people, that's kind of hard to vet and know everything about them. 
I don't know. Maybe Mike Krzyzewski sees something that we don't. I Like you said, he'll be given the opportunity, the advantage of being the Duke coach and just saying we're Duke, so he'll get players. Um, I'll just say I think it worked out for both sides, for Kevin Kruger and John Shire. <laughs> worked out for Kevin Kruger that he got the job he wanted, and it worked out for John Shire that he's going to be the Duke coach. It did work out quite well for John Shire. He could be at DePaul or UNLV right now. And not okay. I didn't want to say that, but I'll just say it worked out for Kevin yeah. Kruger. Um the other path to go down with this that would have been oh, quite funny is if UNLV had hired John Shire and then Mike Strzeski retires after oh. this next season. Oh. Be brutal. We'd and, have, we'd and have John sit- Shire goes back to his dream job because he played at Duke. Oh, oh. On the, Duke would have sent at least three planes. <laughs> then we couldn't keep track of all of them. Which plane do we go to? Which Who's on which plane? We don't know what plane is added. Um, that would have been amazing because now... I don't uh, look. I don't know what John Shire thought, and I don't know what Shashevsky had told him. Maybe Shashevsky said, "When I leave, you're the guy." But that could have been five years from now, and then, uh, then Shashevsky, no, it's one year. I'm leaving. If I'm John Shire, I guess I'm interviewing just for the experience of it, like to talk to other people. But if I know I'm the next guy at Duke, I'm like, hey, it's like the Becky Hammond at the Spurs. Okay, I'll interview, but I know I'm getting this job when this guy leaves. Yeah, it is curious. What did John Shire actually know? I don't think he had any idea that he would be the head coach in waiting. Oh, you like, don't? I did. According okay. to the story the Athletic wrote on him was like he had he no was, clue. Like, like he wanted to be a head. Well, I'm coach, sure he wanted to, and that's why he was interviewing with UNLV and DePaul because he wanted to be a head coach and. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, if I just waited. We're promising out. you if you yeah. waited out. If I just waited out, I'll be a head coach at Duke. No, he was like, oh, I'm 33. I can go be, I a head be a coach, coach somewhere. Let's do it. So I think there was. I, I don't. It wasn't until later on when Shashevsky decided to retire that John Shire knew that he was going to end up being the head coach and waiting. <laughs> Would you even have a program anymore if that happened again? <laughs> like if this guy was introduced, and like two days later, Shashevsky calls. He goes, well, you know, it's my last year. You want the job? <laughs> And they sent three planes, and all of a sudden, John Shire was gone, and you're looking around going, well, what's going on? I mean, that just... It's it's good that it worked out this way. I think I think at that point you just find whatever alumni, <laughs> like whatever former UNLV basketball player is willing to take the job oh. and still lives in town. Well, it still lives in town. What's funny is when Desiree Reed Francois hired Kevin Kruger, like she mentioned the idea of we wanted somebody that this was their dream job. That UNLV oh, yeah, we're was so tired. That of... UNLV was home because again, it happens with Chris Beard. It happens with TJ Otzelberger. It apparently damn near happened with John, John Shire. Shire. Well, they did They did land on a guy, though. I think it was his dream job. Right. I mean, I think it was Kevin Kruger's dream job. Yes, he played here. He's from here. He loves Las Vegas, right? Now, until, it Porter, doesn't mean, until Porter Moser screws up right. in Oklahoma and he has to come. It doesn't mean in a couple of years <laughs> he's not leaving. It doesn't mean that. He no, absolutely, no, no, of course. But if, if, if he's leaving, it's going to be for, you know, a big... Oh, if he's leaving on his own and not being asked to leave, it's a Power 5 job. He's yeah, go and for that's awesome guy. because that means yeah, exactly. he got a Power 5 offer. They've well, been to the NCAA tournament. We said that about Otzelberger, and then he was going to Yeah, but no his NCAA dream tournament. job came available. No, he, that was. I mean, he's dreaming of Ames uh, when he's spinning that uh, crank siren at the you know, uh, Golden Knights. But game. listen, we said the same things. I'm um, just uh, two years, they could not go to the NCAA tournament, and Porter Moser's out. All right, bring on Kevin Kruger to Oklahoma. I'm just saying. Immediately what goes if, to the uh, tournament. I assume Univis is dream job, but he started at ASU. I wonder if Bobby Hurley left and oh, it's a P five job. Would that be his like got dream multiple job? dream jobs? Oh boy, this is not going to go very well, is it? He dreams big. He's got a lot of dream just, jobs. I don't know. 
Would you know we send like one Allegiant plane? I get caught up in these planes and how many planes who you can are actually... they sending? Yeah, planes also, to hire. <laughs> Who's on that beat for your for, for the, the plane beat? <laughs> the plane beat. We missed out on that Texas Tech beat. We had to listen to others that there were two planes. We had no clue that was happening. Well, Chris Matthews tracked down Chris Beard at the yes. Henderson Airport. Yeah. That's one of the greatest parts of that coaching search, coaching, leaving, whatever you want to call it, is Chris Matthews trying to chase him down the runway at the Henderson Airport. Oh. Phenomenal. Wouldn't it have been great if there was like a secondary reporting there and someone said Deborah Marsh was on like the runway at Henderson, like <laughs> waving her hands? Please don't go. I'll build you something down here. Does Texas Tech want a stadium? To exactly. <laughs> Listen, when you get to Lubbock, tell them about Henderson. We got a lot of land down here. And if they're not going to build you a new one, you can come here. We'll build you a stadium. Uh, Tech. And now Chris Beard left Texas Tech for now a, Well, a, now he's at the real job. He's a, a dreamier job. He's a dreamier job. If, if Chris Beard leaves anywhere after this, it's going to be NBA because you're not leaving Texas. I mean, or if you are leaving Texas, you're leaving it with an excellent severance package. Oh, man, the money you can make in Texas. How long is his contract? Is it only five years? Yeah, I think he wouldn't have left for like it was five, six, seven years. Yeah, if he's going to leave. Um that's a great job, though, man. He's gonna make so much money at that job. You well, talk about endless resources. Like you want, and you, you don't can't have to win. Want, obviously, yeah, you can't want for anything at a place like that. Well, nothing. You ask for it, yeah, okay. Texas is the only big school that had an opening that actually made a hire. North Carolina hired Hubert Davis within. off the bench. Yeah, Duke, Duke hired next within, year, but it's within. Like there was, there were quite a few yeah. big jobs that were available, and Texas, Texas is the Tech only. Tech hired within. Yeah, Texas they gave Tech, it to his assistant, uh, Mark Adams. Yeah, and Texas is the only one that was like, well, I guess Oklahoma uh, they, stole Porter Mosier. I mean, of all the ones you're talking about, Texas got the best coach. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, but that's the thing. Yeah, it's they like, got the best coach. But that's 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 the point with like John Shire and Duke. Like they hired a yeah. guy that UNLV turned down when it's when it's Duke. Like you pretty much could well, have gone to any coach in the country I, and said, Hey, do you want to coach at Duke? But I think they could have gone in the family and done better than him. Probably. I mean, how many people are in that family who are pretty good, you know, who knows what they're doing? I mean, I'm not saying he does know what he's doing, but that he was a surprise. Like, if you would have said before, and Krzyzewski's leaving, start ranking the people in the family who's going to get that job. I don't know if Johnny Shire's near yeah. the top five. Yeah. I My first thought was, you think Brad Stevens, had he been told Duke See, was going to become available, would have yeah. like actually been like, eh, I don't really want to be a GM. That's like the guy I was surprised, even though it's the whole Duke family thing, like, I would have called him first. Now maybe you'd let at that point he was still the coach though of the Celtics he he didn't get Ainge hadn't left yet so maybe he's like now I'm the coach of the Boston Celtics but I thought for sure he was like the first guy someone like that would call yeah like listen UNLV fans were critical of UNLV because they hired Kevin Kruger that it was a hey you just hired the easiest you made the was, easiest yeah, thing exactly was to hire Kevin Kruger it's UNLV like Duke did the same exact thing yeah they did this now granted. They've been winning recently, so you can make the you know Steve Fisher to Brian Dutcher argument of hey, right, just keep it keep it in house because they're winning and just roll over. But again, if I'm Duke, it's like we could have gone after literally anybody in the country, like anybody, like they could have competed with Texas for Chris Beard. Is there any chance in the back of his mind? It'd be too good if he leaves Texas for Duke. (laughs) Is is there any chance in the back of his mind he somehow got a hint that Shashevsky's leaving? He'd be the guy, so he didn't admit uh, interviewing at UNLV and not getting it. 
It's like because Krzyzewski's she's like, wait a minute, man, you didn't get that job, you didn't get the ball. Wait a minute, I'm, I mean, I'm promoting you to the coach. Wait, hold no, on no, no, no. He's the one that gave the information to the athletic. <laughs> Is he the one who he's said the it? One that told him, yeah. No. Well, you can say it now though, because you're the Duke coach. Did he tell them before. like two no, months ago? I, what are you no. talking about? I don't, I don't know. No, I didn't he, talk he, to anybody out there. He literally went, Coach, I, I didn't get the DePaul job, and then I got turned down by UNLV. <laughs> All right, son, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, take care of you. You're the guy. Uh, okay, so he told the athletic. Yeah, after he, he was him. after he was named the Duke. No, coach. see, Jared, I'm thinking like he interviewed for UNLV, he interviewed for DePaul, and he came back to Shashevsky and was like, you know, I turned him down. I'd rather be an assistant at right. Duke than a head coach. Oh, the loyalty card. He yeah. threw the loyalty card at Shashevsky. So, that's then Shashevsky was like, he's right. Yeah, Shashevsky's like Quint Snyder left, Wojo left. This guy's staying <laughs> at home. He's the guy. When in reality, Desiree and Francois said, <laughs> nah. nah, no thanks. We'll do something else. All right, here we go. We got tickets to go see Jason Aldean at Park Theater at Park MGM coming up in December. Tickets don't go on sale until Friday, so you can win a pair of tickets right now before you can buy them. Phone number, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. If you want to go see Jason Aldean in December at Park Theater, 702-364-1100. Here comes the 3-2. McCormick takes off, and that one's hit into shallow right field. Coming in on is the right fielder, and it gets by Stewart. He dove for it and missed it. Coming home is McCormick. He's safe. 0-2 is hit in the air to deep left field. Pollock's going back at the wall, looking up, going to go. Hassan Kim with a pinch hit home run. The finger just fine. His first ever at bat against Clayton Kershaw, and the Padres have a 3-0 lead here in the fifth. In the air to right field, Myers on his horse, going over towards the line, reaches out, makes the catch, and the ball game is over. Padres have won six consecutive games, and they have taken six of the last seven against the Dodgers. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. Have they have they taken six to the last seven? Yeah. Is that why you said will they ever beat him again? Yeah. I lost track. <laughs> I got so mad at Bellinger for months, and I just got that soft guy kept finally coming back. I think he's in the lineup tonight. There's an offer. <laughs> sure, sure, a foul. Something. He, he's already had knee and calf issues. I'm sure he'll foul something off his hand or something tonight. Ugh. Poor Dodgers. It must be so tough. You have the it's highest difficult. payroll in baseball. All, all these, in, all these injuries win. this year? Yeah, Soft Bellinger, Muncy's hurt, Mays out, Seager's out. The you know, struggle is real. You know what's nice is playing the Baltimore Orioles. Is that what the Astros that's have been doing? They're playing right now. <laughs> Very nice. Um, is that that's like the college football equivalent of like, all right, guys, don't worry. We're gonna start off the season against Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. Um, because the Astros currently have two players on the I two of their starters on the IL, and they gave Carlos Correa a day off yesterday. So if you heard that highlight there, Chaz McCormick scored a run driven in by Miles Straw. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, th- you can't make you, that up. That's all you need to beat the Orioles. Though. I was say, that's you can't it. make that up. That's it. And by the way, to, to explain that play, Miles Straw like had like a check swing fly ball into right field on a hit and run. And the runner, Chaz McCormick, did not stop, even though the guy came running in to catch it. He had to dive and he missed it. So Chaz McCormick scored. But if he catches that, it's a double He's play. He's out by like 40 Because the guy's at third base. Yes. When the guy caught it. But it's the Orioles, so <laughs> probably a safe bet. Yeah, he's not going to catch that. <laughs> he just uh, looks we'll back fine. and he goes, he's not catching that. Yeah, I'm good. It was fine. But yeah, playing the Orioles is uh, very nice. It's a fun team to play. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers might never beat the Padres again. I do enjoy that Hassam Kim 
His not only is it first at bat against Clayton Kershaw, he got to face clean hat Clayton Kershaw. So of course he took him deep. And it was a pinch hit. Should I be worried <laughs> that for three straight days now during the show, Amazon continues to tell me my payment has been declined? Oh, so what's the update here? You have not been able to. You didn't get is, anything is on Prime Day. She has no uh, two days. She hasn't switched it back. I think she's waiting for Prime to be completely over. Um, but did you ever bring it up? Did you ever say, no, "Hey, no, the card no, declined"? I never said anything, and obviously okay. she doesn't listen to the show. So um, <laughs> it's Art, funny because Art she does, and she literally went, "He's buying it now." <laughs> uh, well. It's funny because Amazon obviously really wants me to have this hat because every day someone you put at Amazon your car, what, you what, tried to buy it. They're going to tell you yeah, exactly times. every day at Amazon. Someone's pushing my button and saying one thing. One day this thing's going to go through. Yeah. If you, one day this, this is going to go through. Any website, if you have an account and you go and put something in your cart, but then don't buy it, you're getting a hundred emails yes. of hey, yes. you forgot something. Hey, what about I, this? A hundred emails. Are I coming forgot your way. to give you this update the other day after the, all of this had gone down. Knock at the door. Or it's UPS. They send me out. It's 150 degrees. I got to wave to the UPS driver. It's one of those like just eight by 11. So I'm thinking it's like some kind of document. And she takes it immediately. She goes, "That's mine." And the daughter says, "I think that's a credit card." <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I go, "What do you mean?" She goes, "I think that's a card. She might have lost another one." Does, oh. does, does your daughter know yeah. more than Yo. you? If, about if, everything about my finances if you i if i know if i want to know anything i have to ask the daughter how much your we daughter got? is how filing your taxes yes exactly. Exactly. yes exactly how much we got what do you think can i get a sandwich <laughs> oh yeah oh absolutely no no one i know nothing about what we have you could tell me of a certain amount of money or a certain money on this spectrum i'd nod i'd like okay i'm like i have no clue no clue the, you know god love our parents they've all passed i know we've been left something don't know how much I mean, I might not even have to be working. <laughs> I could have retired probably like 10 years ago, but I but she still gets pushes me out of bed at 5.30. Got to get there. Got to get to work. I'm like, what are we, that? Are we poor? What, what's happening? It's like one of the five richest people in the <laughs> yeah, world. And I have no still idea. showing up to do this dumb show every morning. I have no idea. <laughs>